you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. We are a church that's after Jesus. Um, I want to know God. And uh, I welcome all of you today, if this is your first time in a church in a long time or the first time in a church, uh, I want you to know there's a couple things that uh, look out for uh, as you're visiting. Don't get caught up in the music. Like, we're not a, a church that has a good worship band or, or a good speaker. <laughs> all right? <laughs> I mean, um, we're a church that's hungry for God and wants the spirit of Jesus here. And he's what makes all the difference in our church. And we want the anointing to be here. Does that make sense? And so today, I want, we are declaring over you the difference that is here. So we believe God's presence is here. And we believe that God's presence is upstairs with those kids right now. And that God is moving on those little ones right there. They are the future of this church and uh, they will be your replacement in a couple of years. So we love those kids. That was a, that was a joke. That was a bad joke. Okay, here we go. Uh, the theme today that we want to just lay out there is welcome home. Uh, welcome home. And uh, we didn't realize um, all of the levels of that statement when we planned this service several months ago. Uh, but we want you to feel welcome here in this home. This is God's house. And I think a lot of significant things happen in God's house that we want you to be mindful of and look for as he's trying to move in your life here in this home. You know, I've been to a lot of people's houses over the years, and I can't tell you how many people have that doormat, their front door that says, welcome home. And somehow I just didn't feel welcome in their house. I'm not saying that they were rude or anything like that, but like, let's face it, if we were welcome in their home, we would feel comfortable taking our shoes off and putting them on their couch. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, We would feel comfortable uh, uh, going in their fridge and drinking the little bit that's left of their milk. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, we have a friend that was, uh, there were several people in the first service that I love to talk about when they're not here. Uh, So when you don't come to church, know that your pastor is talking behind your back, literally. Uh, but there was this uh, young lady, her name was Amanda Pogo. I'm not going to say anyone's name. Uh, but uh, she, she, she used to come to our house and hang out with me and Trey. She was one of our interns in ministry years ago. And I'd fall asleep watching TV, and she'd stay just hanging out there at the house. And she'd help herself to the last of my double-stuffed Oreo cookies. Yo, that's not okay, you know what I mean? But, but, but she felt home there. And I want you to know that the Lord wants you to know that while like you may be overstimulated walking in the door and looking around and seeing stuff, there is nothing about the stuff on the walls that we want you to recognize. It's the, it's, it's the, the love inside the building that we want your heart to attune to. Does that make sense? Like he is here. And you need to understand that we believe that with all of our being. There's a difference. There are some churches that are just buildings But we are going hard after God's presence with our lives, so hard that I want to let you know that I'm thankful and how proud of you I am of this church. It's been 21 days, y'all, and uh, man, brownies never tasted so good, Patsy. Let me just tell you right now, I'm so proud of our church. We've been fasting and praying for the last 21 days, man, 
I tested them as a cupbearer. I want you to know there may have been six or seven missing before they got them out this morning. I, I need something to drink. I'm sorry. Can you, there's a coffee right there. It was so wonderful. That coffee right there. I haven't had coffee in 21 days, and it was so good. I woke up at 3 this morning to pray for you guys, and I had so much coffee. We want you to be welcome home. So we've been working on this space for the last seven months. This morning we had several guests in our church. Many of the people, the general contractor, and many of the people that were trades here in the building came and attended. It was really cool. And we just want you to know, while we've been working on this for the last six, seven months, working day and night, blood, sweat, and tears, um, there's a bigger picture we want you to see. And while this is the grand opening of our church, and greater things are going to come, and it's going to get greater and one more wonderful, and his anointing is going to grow in this place. There is a day that's coming when I close my eyes to this world, and I open them to something that is infinitely beyond anything I could ever ask or imagine. And the colors are beyond my description. And the things that I see, I won't understand. And in that moment, heaven's gates are going to open, and the Lord is going to say to me, welcome home. I made this for you. It's like watching all those episodes my wife makes me endure on TV, the HGTV stuff, you know, where all these people build all this. Who gives money to a general contractor and just says, just put whatever you want inside. I don't even care. And they walk in and they don't recognize anything. That's not my furniture. Those aren't my children on the picture in the wall. But I don't know. Welcome home, I guess. We want you to know welcome home. But the Lord has been preparing you a place, not for six months, but for 2,000 years. And, uh, and I just think, man, that's, I can't wait for the day where he calls us home, amen? I hope you're ready. Because your life is a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow, and you don't know when he's going to punch your ticket. But I hope that you are ready to be home with Jesus for an eternity. Would you stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's word? Welcome home, y'all. The scripture would say this in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, also trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it weren't so, I would not have told you, but I am going to prepare a place for you that when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am and you will know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? This is a... Pretty big verse for our church. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one will come to the Father except through me. And so we just want you to tune your hearts to understand today that the Lord is preparing something for you. And I believe that he has been preparing us for the last 10 years to build this house so that you can enjoy his presence divinely here today. Can we pray? Jesus. Help. Amen. You can have a seat. Woohoo! Help. All right. Yeah. I get really excited about weird things. I'm excited, and uh, it's a cool day for me. Our first point that we want you to know is welcome home. His presence is here. And we're a church that is after God's presence. Some people are after just trying to get more people in their church. And we believe that the Lord, like, is the answer. Oh, yeah, that's really good. That's better. And um, uh, we believe 
And that he is the answer to everything that we're looking for. C.S. Lewis once said, if you found in your heart that there's nothing in this world that can satisfy your soul, it can only mean one thing. You were not meant for this world. And I have found so many people drink themselves sick because there's a, there's a longing in their soul that they're looking for something more. They're looking for something more. People with addictions that are creating more and more brokenness in their life, they're looking for something more, and it doesn't satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is when we enter into a space like this, many of you came in this morning with anxiety, with guilt or shame or confusion, and I love that I love that I love and the Lord, his presence has transformed my life. Like God, when I am with you, everything in my life somehow makes sense for moments. Everything comes into order. I'm so thankful that his presence is here. We want to welcome you home. I believe he is what you've been looking for. I'm going to read to you Revelation chapter 21, um, verse 3. It says this. I heard a loud shout from the throne, a loud shout, saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and he will be with his people, and God himself will be with them. And so when I, I think about this verse is that it has always been the Lord's desire to be with you. I mean, you go back to Garden of Eden, the Lord designed God's people to walk with them in the cool of the day. And we think of heroic people in scripture like Enoch or Moses or Noah, people that walked with the Lord. It has always been the Lord's desire to be with you. He said to Moses, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I will never leave you nor forsake you, if you will, church, I believe the Lord is so faithful that sometimes, if you were to be honest, it may be a little creepy how close he wants to be with you. He's like the ultimate stalker. You know what I'm talking about? Everywhere you go, he's watching you. Uh, that's creepy. But it's love. He's after your soul. And there's nothing you're ever going to do that's going to escape his sight. He loves you, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. So as we built this space, it's really funny if you look in Scripture, that though you can see in Scripture this calling and this promise that the Lord will always be with you, there is also this desire for the Lord to have a place, a habitation, that a space would be built that would be consecrated for his anointing, that his glory would dwell in a space in such a way that people would come from all distant lands around the earth to be there where the tabernacle is, to be there in Jerusalem at the temple. We want you to know that there is something special about a temple, a place where we can have expectation that I know where I can go, where I can, his presence will be. Church, we will be a people that will always contend not to have a cool service, but we will contend for the presence of God to make sure that he goes with us. What I love about Deb, one of our worship leaders, man, if you were to ask her what the purpose of her life is, she would say it is only the presence of God. It's what she studies. It's what she's after. She is a really boring person outside of the passion. What are you excited about? The presence of the Lord. The presence of God, the presence of God, the presence of God. We want to be where he is. It's my calling. 
Where he is, everything is good. And we say this because we want you to know the culture. Many of you are tired and weary and thirsty and hungry. And I'm thankful to a, for a place that God will pour out his anointing on everyone who is hungry. God, you are here. And we love it. The second point today I want you to know is um, welcome home. There's room for you here. For you. While we built this space for the Lord, we also built this space for you. So what we learned is the Father's heart. As we seek him more, we realize that God's heart is souls. It's people. See, when I came to Christ, I found out that God loved me. And then immediately after, I realized that he loves you. And you. And you. And you, and you, and you, and you. And he loves us. I want to take you in scripture really quick to a unique story where Jesus is trying to reveal the heart of God. And it's found in Luke chapter 15. It's, it's really a cool story. And it talks about everything that's lost and how, how we care about things that are lost. You, know, you, know, you, you don't care about many things until you found out that you can't have it anymore. Like for example, you love your cell phone, but you love your cell phone so much more when you can't find it. You all know what I'm talking about? You love your car, but you love it so much more when you can't find your car keys. You know what I'm talking about? The Lord loves his sons and daughters. And in this story, we find the story of this person who used to live in God's house. They used to know God's voice. They used to know God's presence, but they got away from God's presence and found themselves just out and about, carrying on in life. And I want you to know the enemy would love for, to just pull you like gravity into this world, to pull you in a scenario where you're busy, worried about money, worried about stuff, Worried about business, worrying about clothes, worrying about mortgages, worrying about making more money. But I want you to know nothing matters. Like at the end of this world, when people are dying in their beds, no one says, I wish I made more money. No one says, I wish I went like what they care about. In that moment, I've been there holding hands with so many people, like over a hundred people. And they all in that moment want to know, God, Sorry, I love you. Please be with me on the other side. I want to be home with you where you'll bring my children long after I'm gone. And in this story, this man spent his life away from his house. And when he was broken and alone, and poor and hungry, he realized where blessing was, it was at my father's house. And he decided to go back home. I want to read you this. He said, so in verse 20, it says, so I, I returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. I just love that. Like God knows where you're at. Nothing moves him more than you guys coming home. Sorry, this isn't part of the notes today. But I want you to know that there are several people here who have a broken family, broken relationship with your parents. There's unforgiveness and bitterness. 
And while you think you know what your parents want, I want you to know that they want nothing more than to see reconciliation. Brokenness is ugly. It's what the enemy does is create division and discord, tears people apart. The father said he, he saw them coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. Knowing that his son had done terrible things, he just wanted them home. And in this scenario, but his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest of robes and put it on him. Get a ring and put it on his finger and sandals on his feet. I want you to kill the calf that we've been fattening. That's my favorite part. We're talking about steak, y'all. Like He's like, let's go, man. Ribeye's on the grill. You know, and we must sell. I've been fasting for a while. Can you tell? Uh, we must celebrate a feast for this son of mine was dead, but now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. Let the party begin. And I just want you to know that like this space was made for the Lord, but it was also made for you. And so that's terrifying to some people. Some of you have been in churches and you've been hurt and people let you down and they did terrible things. What is this thing supposed to look like? So I don't know, like I was raised in a broken family. My mom had been remarried multiple times and I didn't know what it would look like if ever I would get married. One of my biggest fears in my life was ever just getting married or having kids because I, I didn't know how to do that. And maybe you haven't seen church done in a biblical way, but I want you to know we are where we are because God's blessing has been our community and we're gonna try to do this right. So I wanna show you in scripture what a healthy community looks like as we welcome you home. We want you to know welcome home. Be a part of this community now. Come, come like know that you have a place here. The problem with like most churches is they just want people to come and be. And that's not what this book wants of you. We're trying to make disciples, not Christians. There's plenty of Christians in this world. What we want is people that want what God wants for their life and is willing to love him the way he loves you. We're talking about laying our lives down. Like this is real fulfillment. And the problem is some people are doing Christianity this way. You attend church and then you go do life. And then you attend church and you don't do, no, 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 no. I'm not about church. I'm going in because I'm going into the presence of God. And now I'm going to live for the Lord and lay my life down. Don't do this a little bit. Like there's nothing that's more gross than a little bit of worship. If we're going to worship the Lord, we're going to recognize that he created the universe we exist because he holds the world in his hands. My God, if there's anything that we should get excited about, it's him, amen? Like we've gotta learn how to turn the nozzle up when it's time to worship. Say football. Like I, the Niners are playing today. Like I, I'm not gonna get excited about stuff that don't matter. I'm getting excited about what, the, the one that washed my soul. Acts chapter 2, let me show you what church is supposed to look like. I've read this probably a thousand times. I read it monthly. If not monthly, I read it weekly. Sometimes I, I read this daily because I have to remind myself what we're trying to build here. This is what the scripture says church is supposed to look like that's healthy. And I think that it's your job to hold our church to this standard. And if you don't see this in, in your church, there's a problem. 
Does that make sense to you? Watch this. Those that believed what Peter said were baptized and were added to the church that day were about 3,000 in all. How many of you know we got work to do? <laughs> all right, just kidding. All right, and then and we're not doing 10 services anytime soon, I don't think. Maybe we will, who knows. Uh, uh, and then all the, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Let me make sure you understand that concept. I'm not a good preacher. You should not listen or live by the words that I say. This is the word of God. We only know God by reading his word. And the people that love God followed his word. So I'm thankful that you went to Sunday school 37 years ago, but that doesn't help you today. This does. Can I get an amen? Okay. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, which is us, and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. I like reading it more out of my Bible. It comes off more anointed. And then and said, a deep sense of awe came on over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I want you to know that if you're in a church and the Lord is there, you should see signs and wonders. You should see miracles if there's a resurrected, living, powerful God that is present. Otherwise, you're in a church that's having a church service. But how many of you know he's alive? He talks. He's speaking to his people. There are miracles that are happening here right now. In the first service, I counted four babies that were in the service that were actually miracle conception that should not have been alive today that were here. I love, there was a couple sitting right here in the first service that literally had a divorce, didn't want to be with each other anymore. And the Holy Spirit came upon them and there was reconciliation. What's more powerful than that? Like when God starts showing us how to love and forgive and he begins washing us, I want to be in a place where God's moving. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want church. I don't want another service. I want to be where he's at. Then all the believers were together in one place and shared everything that they had. This is real religion. We live in a world out there that is consumerism, where it's all about how much more can we get. And there's no happiness in more. There's no happiness in consuming. There's no fulfillment in more, 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 more. I'm making more money. Some of us are making $200,000 a year and are broke. What? What's going on? And there's no, there's a long, there's a pit in our stomach because fulfillment is not about what I can get, but what I can give. Fulfillment is found in like, Lord, like thank you for what you have given me. Help me to be a blessing. We called this couple up in the first service, such a beautiful couple. There's a, a family in our church, their name is Joe and Tammy. And, and they're quiet people. Many of you don't know them. And Joe um, and Tammy, they're older in their age. Uh, they're probably, I think, 140 now, um, somewhere around there, uh, give or take a few years. And, and Joe and Tammy, um, they're, they're, they're getting older and their health was declining, but they had a son who, who got married and they had a, a, a couple babies. And uh, there was drug addiction that fell on the family. And the mother 
of these two kids decided she didn't want the children anymore. And their son was unfit to parent. And so Joe and Tammy, who old in age and don't have jobs anymore and, and are struggling to figure out like where any money is coming from, like gas money, not to mention mortgage money, believed that God had called them to raise those babies and make sure that those kids had a fair shot at life. So they adopted these two beautiful little kids, man. Life got real and took a turn for them. And Joe recently had a stroke. Some of us think life is hard. But you see real life in community. You don't see it on Facebook or Instagram. So we're, we're, we're walking with a family that's begging God to move for these two little kids. And Joseph almost literally died. He was on life support for days. He's lost his ability to communicate completely and can barely walk. They have no idea where money's coming from at all. In our church, almost weekly, someone comes through and provides for them. Our church has written more checks for them than I know. And this morning, we often don't tell you guys what we're doing because we don't think it's a big deal that we tell everyone. But this morning, we wrote a check and just wanted them to know that we love them and are praying for them and that we believe that they should know that their church will always be there no matter how hard life gets, amen? Because they answered the call of God to take care of the next generation. God, I don't care what you do with my life, but I just pray you would use my faith in you to be an example of those that come behind me. If I'm called to be a janitor, I'll be the best daggone janitor on the planet. I don't care what you do with me. I just pray you'd use me to let me tell the gospel to others. So these people are talking about right here in scripture how they, they, they sold their property and their possessions and shared their money with those that were in need. Church, let me make sure you understand this. We, so we, we wrote this check and we, some of you have come here for weeks and they're like, how do you give in this church? We're not taking an offering today. We haven't taken an offering in quite some time. I don't know when the last time was we took an offering. Doesn't mean we don't believe in offerings. It just means we're not gonna tell you. It's a secret. You have to become a secret member and become really cool for us to help you figure out how to give in our church. <laughs> no, that's not it. Like, I just don't want you to get things twisted. It's not about this building. It's not about our money. The Lord is after our lives. And when you get to a point where you've surrendered your life, you'll realize that your heart has a grip on things that don't matter a whole lot. And he'll begin to show you how to unlock those things. We believe in giving 10% of our finances. If I'm honest, Teresa and I, we've probably given more than 20% of our income this year to the church. And we can't afford that. But it's not about us. We want to make sure that there's a space where God can move in a community so that people can come to a place where they can find the Lord. This is a miracle. We're not, I want to make sure you understand, we're not part of a denomination. No one wrote a $3 million check and said, hey guys, build whatever you want with it. You know where we are, where we are? Because for the last 10 years, we've been saving every nickel that we can to put ourselves in a position that God would bless us so that we could reach people with the gospel of Jesus. This day is like a divine miracle. 
and people that put like blood, sweat, and tears, like people working around the clock, going to work, coming here, painting walls, going to work, coming here, fixing toilets, going to work, coming here, like, because we want this place to be special so that many of you can come and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he's not done with you yet. We want, we want to call not on a place, but on a person, that he would sit here among us and let you know that God loves you, and he's not done with you yet. We want you to know, welcome home. You belong here. Build with us. So here's the difference. We don't want you to just come next week. We want you to help us build something. We want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus because I believe that there's a brokenness that lives in this world and I believe that there's a darkness on this country that is about to get a lot darker and there's a lot of people that need to know that Jesus Christ is the only hope of the world, that he is the light in a dark, dark space. And let me tell you something, if the lights go off in this country, people are going to need to know where there's a living and powerful church that believes in Jesus. And all of the prophets are talking right now in this country about something that's coming in the next couple years. It's about to get real hard. And I'm so thankful that where sin abounds, grace abounds yet even more. When the world gets darker, the light gets brighter. Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Like we are the hope of the world. There's a love that is here that's weird to the world because all they know is give, 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 or take, 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 take. And all we're saying is here, have, they give. Now how can I help? How can I serve? How can I be a blessing? So they worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared with their meals with great joy and generosity all while praising God for enjoying the goodwill of all the people and each day the Lord began to add to their fellowship those that were being saved. I believe that when we come and when we serve and when we give more and more people will understand the power of the love of Jesus that God so loved the world that he sent his son, that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, you know, church, we're, we're a giving church. I have to land this plane. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. Welcome home. His presence is here. Welcome home. We built this for him. We built this for you. You belong here, and I would just say this one more time. We believe that you're called, and there's a high call of God in your life, and we want to build something together moving forward. Does that make sense? As I close, I just have this thought that I don't want to get twisted, and I don't want anyone to miss the whole point. This isn't about a building. can't be. This isn't about money. This isn't about stuff. That's why we're not taking an offering. This is about him. It is in my heart of hearts that I believe that God is real and he's alive and he is in this space right now. If you could imagine that Jesus embodied the resurrected son of man was sitting right here in the front row. Here's what I believe about a real resurrected savior who's alive. I believe that there are miracles in this space. Some of you need a miracle. 
Some of you need a healing in your body, and I believe that can happen today. Some of you need a healing in your marriage, and I believe that can happen today. I believe some of you need a healing in your finances. Some of you need to know your purpose in this world. Some of you need to understand what your calling is. Some of us have been lukewarm living for Jesus for a long time. Some of us don't understand that this isn't about church. It's about him. I planned this sermon months ago, and this morning the Lord explained the point of it. It's really annoying. He always waits till the last second to figure out how to tell me what's really going on. When you knock on someone's door, you're not knocking on someone's door because you want to go inside and look around. You're here because you're looking for someone. Welcome home. He is here. Come and have a seat. He wants to talk to you. He wants to do in you what he did in me. He wants to wash. He wants to cleanse. He wants to teach you how to forgive. He wants to forgive you of your pride and your resentment. He wants to cleanse. He wants to transform. Some of us have been serving the Lord so lukewarm and so casual. You can have, that's fake, man, that's religion. The Lord is after a relationship. Can you imagine if I entered into a relationship with my wife and said, I'll call you once a week? Come on, she dropped me like a bad habit. I want, I want to know you. I want to know your voice. I want your power in my life. I want you to use me. I want you to use this church. God, I want you to move. I need you. I need your voice. I want your power. I want your presence. Church, this isn't about a service. It's about him, and he's here, and he wants to use us. I'm hungry for God. I remember the first time I went to a church. I was raised in the church. I was dead go every Easter or every few Easters and we go and go home first time I went to a place where I saw people celebrating worshiping looked over like what the crap is that I didn't know what was going on on the stage I just couldn't stop looking at that old lady in the weird hat just thinking she knows something. Let me ask you, are you really worshiping the Lord? Are you really hungry for Jesus? Are you really pouring your life out? Are you done with lukewarm living and casual living? Are you ready to go after the Lord? Because I believe He's here, and we want to welcome you home. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Love you, Lord. I love your presence. I love your presence. I love your presence. I love your presence. Oddly enough, there's a scripture in Revelations that said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
And if you'll open the door of your heart, I'll come in and I'll meet with you and I'll eat with you. Church, if you've not been living for the Lord, you can hear the Lord saying that today you need to make changes in your life. My heart identifies with what God is saying to you right now and I'm on the same page and I just wanna pray for you as you pray for me. And if that's you here today and God's saying, today I want you to lay your life down. Today I want you to come after me with everything you got. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, will you raise your hand, raise it high. God bless you, 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 God bless you. I'm done with lukewarm living, I want Jesus. Today I'm laying it down, today I want the Lord. 30, 40 hands all across this room. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for being selfish. Forgive me, forgive me for, for making it about me. Forgive me for thinking too much about money or people or stuff or work or dumb things. Lord, today I realize that you are my calling. I was made for you. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I ask that you would wash me in the blood of Jesus. I ask that you would cleanse me. I ask that you would give me your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would live inside me. I pray, Lord, that you would come. I pray, Lord, that you would come. I pray, Lord, that you would, you know what? If that's you, if you raised your hand, stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. You want, you want God to move in your life right now. Stand. Stand all across this room. Stand. Don't look around. It's not about them. It's about you. What do you want? What are you after? Jesus, you can have it all. Jesus, I know. I'm coming all Lord. To you. To you. To you. To you. I want you. I want you. I want you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.